And welcome to episode 54 of the Better With Running podcast. My name is Matt Davey and I'm a coach of Run to PB and alongside me as always, the bloke who got his sessions right this week, who is also in lockdown with myself, uh, co-host Zach Newman. How are you going, mate? Mattress, yeah, great to be back on, mate. Yes, uh, back in lockdown. It's uh, Who would have thought <laughs> we were doing this again, mate? We we're uh, yeah, making a bit of a habit of it down in uh, Victoria. Yeah, we are. Hopefully only the seven-day lockdown. Um, I haven't seen the cases, number of cases today, but there's a lot of exposure sites. I've been, I don't know about yourself, but I've been trying to limit the amount of places that I've been going to. Yeah, yeah, definitely trying to, it's not a lot of options at the moment now, but yeah, previously to that, it was just, um, yeah, pretty full on, hey? Um, but yeah, we've got a big, big episode to chat running-wise, and uh, we're bringing back on Run Creature founder and Canberra Marathon winner, Miles Goff. So he's going to chat about how he's uh, recovered from that, that outstanding marathon and um, also some of the articles he's been pumping out and, and a lot of that activity going on um, overseas with athletics and um, obviously the, the lead into the Olympics and some big results dropped over the weekend. So I'll have a bit of a chat about that. But Maddie, first, before we get to all that, what's uh, what's been happening in your world training-wise? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, continuing the build um, up from yeah the last few weeks, I guess. Uh, but did start the week a little bit uh, off with a bit of a head cold. Um, I woke up actually, I think it was Monday. It was Monday night, and yeah, going to bed. I remember feeling like I was getting a little bit full up, and woke up a bit worse. And so then, after the news of a few cases getting pumped around, I thought I'd do the right thing and and get the COVID test. Um, was there a few few sites down your way? Um, no, no, there wasn't. Um, so I was very confident that it would be negative. Um, but I just thought, just in case, because we know how quickly and easily it can spread, uh, that I would head down to Frankston Hospital um, where they got the COVID testing clinic and and take the swabs. Um, and then, yeah. The wait got- like? How, how long were you uh, sitting in the car for? Yeah, because it was just starting to look, um, yeah, you know, not not so good. Hmm. Um, it was a little bit longer than had, I had in the previously. So I think it was, I was in the car for an hour, um, lining up and waiting and getting the test. And then I was out of there. So, yeah, it was an hour. I luckily packed a music bar and an apple. So <laughs> I, was, um, I was well fed. Um, but yeah, so that meant that uh, I was planning on doing a session, um, two five minute efforts, two two minute efforts, and some uh, four minutes of one minute on off. Um, but I scrapped that and and just jumped on the treadmill. Um, obviously, couldn't once I got home, couldn't really go out anywhere until I got the uh, the negative test result. So yeah, just jumped on the treadmill and just did a a um, seventy. I still went out. I still jumped on it for seventy minutes. So. Like the head cold, like in terms of feeling, I was feeling okay, uh, but it was just all full up. Uh, just wanted to make sure not to get the heart rate too high. I did chuck a couple of little light surges in, uh, but nothing too extravagant. 
um, just to make sure I was giving my body time to recover, but still getting something in the legs because I didn't feel like I was going chesty or anything like that. So I was still happy to, to jump on the um, treading and get something done. And yeah, then I got the, that night, it must have been, I don't know what time the text message came through, but I woke up Wednesday morning with a negative result. So I was nice. pretty happy excited days. to see that. Yeah. Happy days. Um, and so, yeah, I got out there. I backed it off on, on the Wednesday because I probably, I wasn't actually feeling as good as what I was on the Tuesday. So I backed it off and, and just did an easy 35. And then, yeah, on the Thursday, got out for 80 minutes in the morning and sort of running around home and got over a couple of hills and yeah, felt good. Um, running running over around home again um, up towards the Frankston Reservoir and around and yeah there's a, a, um, yeah, a few good streets to lit up in the morning uh, to get around on and yeah enjoyed that but it was starting to get really really fresh in the morning um, so I had to start layering up and then yeah took Friday off which has been my sort of RDO uh, pretty constant over the last sort of month or so and yeah that made me um try to because i wanted to really freshen up for a session on saturday um and obviously we've got the 5k bubble so luckily enough in the 5k bubble um this was after all the announcements and everything got um locked down across victoria uh went out to frankston reservoir and yeah got into a, a bit of a session that i've i've never done um the two minute hills before that I trucked in there, but I wanted to yeah, extend it a bit longer than the one minute hills just to not get it as intense, but still get some good work over the hill. So the session was 10 minute uh, tempo into three by two minute hills and then finish off with a 10 minute tempo. Um, cause I find, cause I've changed my um, entry for the Gold Coast marathon to step down to the half marathon, uh, got that through. This week, and I find that I'd been doing a few tempos, um, but with those, I find I get, can get a little bit stale. Um, and as soon as the pace increases, so if I get into a race and the pace increases, I, I really um, struggle with that yeah. with that increase. Um, and so I, I'd still like to keep the volume fairly high for those sessions leading into a half, uh, but definitely increase or have some sort of aspect where there's a little bit more intensity included. Um, yeah, and so that was the purpose of those uh, three by two minute hills. Um, yeah, and so the 10 minutes at first 10 minutes felt quite good. Um, yeah, I was just looking at your, your Strava uh, file and yeah, opened out uh, a 317 in your 322. So you start, you're, you're actually feeling really comfortable in that, that range now. Yeah, yep, yep. Much more comfortable in that range, especially for the first 10 minutes. Um, mm. And it is slightly downhill uh, for, that, for, for that 10 minute section. Yeah. Um, and then the two minute hill is pretty cool because you run up past the, past the back of a, a few large blocks of land and mm. there's a couple of alpacas out there out <laughs> back there and <laughs> yeah, they were really um, inquisitive. They were up at the fence sort of watching me as I went past. It looked a little bit really big meerkats, the way they turned their heads. It was... Um, yeah. What's he going, what is, what is this guy doing? Yeah, they were... <laughs> what is this idiot why would you even do this like, run up a hill and then jog back down just run up it again yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so that took the mind took took away um the the feelings of uh the uncomfortableness of going up the top of the hill um, how, do you how do you manage the effort levels on a two minute hill mattress are you working pretty working into it or are you pretty much out after it from from the start of the rep 
Oh, yeah, more working into it for this one. Um, because I know I did have my um, my strap on, my heart rate strap on, and heart rate did get pretty high at the top of the at the top um, section of the hill. Um, so yeah, more just working into it. So I guess the aim for that was sort of, I guess, more 10K, 5K pace, uh, yeah. paced efforts. Because I know those shorter reps can really, um, you can get some good sort of adaptations um, with the lack of the oxygen um, going into the cell. So yeah, that was kind of, I guess, the aim for those. And only three of them. So mentally, I know I could yeah. get through three. Um, but yeah, the, the effort level was, I guess, more, that sort of um, that sort of five k ten k feel. And are you are you thinking about the ten? Does, do you think oh, I've got a ten minute tempo after this? Like, or are you just dialed in on those three by two minute hills, and then you you know, well, tempo's the tempo happens, but it's not consciously in your head as you're doing the the two minute hills. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's something I've struggled with in the past. I reckon is is thinking too far ahead in the session. It's like, you know, if you've got um, eight by one K, you know, in the first couple of K, you're thinking, geez, mm. I've got another like seven or seven, six or seven of these. Um, yeah. And you can really play with your head and you can get a bit negative and think, geez, this is hurting a bit mm. early. Um, yeah, so that was definitely something I, want, I did focus on actually, uh, making sure not to think ahead and just focus on each rep, um, each rep as it is, as it stands. And, and mm. even just, Sometimes I think, oh, you know, this is the last rep and when it's obviously not, but just mentally thinking just one rep to go and just focus yeah. on that one rep rather than thinking, geez, after this, I've got to back up with a 10-minute tempo and I know it's going to be up over a couple of hills as well, so it's not going to be an easy um, an easy section to do it on. Um, so, yeah, making sure yeah, not to try to focus too far ahead. Is that something you do? Yeah, and I just think... Um... And that's it's exactly um, as you're getting out there. I mean, this is a 10k volume session. As you get further out, and you see your, as we go through my week, I'm starting to get out to some bigger, bigger sort of sessions. And yeah, I'm really conscious of not thinking too far ahead and really spooking yourself because yeah, if you think about what what you're going to be feeling or what what's ahead in the last rep, as opposed to what you can you know just get through bit by bit and, and chunking it. And I, I mean, a session like that it allows you to really chunk it. But when you're doing um, yeah, so sort of constant reps. Um, it's a little bit more challenging, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. I agree. Yep. Um, and that ten, that last ten minutes was up. There was a couple of hills that I had to climb over. Uh, so, yeah, it, it wasn't. I wasn't feeling. I was hoping to feel a little bit better at that point. Uh, but sort of just backed it off and ran it to effort. Um, and I know the pace was definitely a lot slower in that second ten minute than the first. Um, but I, like I, I prefer to try to even split them, but yeah, it just wasn't going to happen um, on on the day. Uh, but yeah, moving into the next couple of weeks, I'm hoping to get into onto a because the, the surface isn't great, like it's just all gravel paths, um, so it's not the most ideal. But yeah, moving closer to the race, I'm going to get into some flatter, um, more I guess specific type of. Um, um gradients that will be hitting on the gold coast so yeah yeah that was more for strength today and then i'll get more specific as yeah we get closer to the half um have you got a course that's got like rolling hills that you could do you know that has a few similar hills that you might cop um in a race setting 
Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, around the cool stores um, here in Muraduck, or just just oh, yeah. out in Muraduck, and that's within the 10k bubble actually. So um, I know Gemma was out there. Gemma and Mel did a session out there on the Friday, the day before this, and they really enjoyed it. And I know Karina's um, Karina Five's been using it too. Uh, so yeah, that's something that I'd like to like to use. There's also yeah, good. Um, it's just outside my bubble though, so I'm hoping that. By Friday, we're out of lockdown. I can get out there on Saturday morning around Safety Beach. As a um, yeah, Clay Hopgood found a good loop out there that I'm um, pretty keen to try for a nice. for a, a few um, segment hunting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it would be a bit upset if I if I get them. I think hopefully uh, Sticks Kernahan hasn't been out there. Nah, not yet. Not yet. He's definitely been out to Frankston Reservoir. I think he's got most of them around there at this stage. Um, yeah, and then Sunday got out for an hour 45 and I aim to, there's, yeah, from home, uh, running from home, there's quite a few hills. So I tried to get and find as many hills as I could. Um, and yeah, got 460 metres of elevation, which yeah, is not, it's not huge, but like, it's not like Fernie. Um, yeah, it's still good going though, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it is. It's more than what I've been getting and uh, getting of late and felt pretty good. Uh, getting over those hills and yeah, I was a bit fatigued. Saw um, the uh, the title, Chilly Hilly. Yeah, far out. I was freezing <laughs> cold, hey. <laughs> but it's like it's a hundred percent humidity with that um with that sort of um iciness. It's a yeah, because you start sweating a lot um because of the humidity. But then you know if you slow down down a hill. It's, it's freezing cold. Um, yeah. It's a bit like, you know, when you watch the Tour de France and they shove <laughs> newspaper down their tops, I felt like yeah, yeah. I did that a couple of times um, when I started. You have Gemma to carry uh, any jackets or something for you and you can nah. put them on up the hills. <laughs> Unfortunately, not, nah, not this time. <laughs> yeah, nice. um, so I think, yeah, including, I didn't have the treadmill run. I don't think I put that up on um, Strava because it doesn't really measure accurately. So I'd, I just go off the, the treadmill itself. So in the end, it was just over 100Ks for the week, which was... Yeah, a slight increase from the week before. Um, yeah, with a good session, a long run. And yeah, so ended up from what could have been a, a um, mm. lackluster week with the head cold, ended up, yeah, turning around and yeah, feeling pretty good leading into next week. Yeah, well, you know, looking at your yeah, Strava, um, yeah, skyscrapers are a building and they're uh, on a nice trajectory upwards, mate. It's, um, but yeah, it's just, it seems like, um, yeah, even even the way you're hitting the, the long run, just rolling out, um, you know, 421s for an hour. At the end of a week, uh, that's good signs. And I think um, you're probably feeling it even on your easy runs. I don't know about your morning runs. Is that, does that sometimes give you a gauge of where your fitness is? Is that they just the perceived effort or just the way you get out of bed and just start rolling it? Um, it you know, that, that can give you an idea of where you're at. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um... Those easy runs, when they start coming out, um, you know, you, you start thinking, geez, I could chip along quite easily, um, quite quick here. Um, and, not, and the perceived effort is so much lower than what it has been, you know, the pre previous couple of weeks. It's, yeah, you know, your fitness is coming along, you know, you're recovering well. Um, but yeah, just still making sure not to overdo it, which is, uh, yeah, when you, yeah, when you sometimes got a race coming up and you're, start thinking about all right, what sort of time might I like to run and things like that. You can get a, easily get a little bit um, greedy. And so, yeah, just making sure not to get do anything silly, but definitely feeling a lot more comfortable 
um, yeah, on those easy runs. And you, mate, you've uh, with five weeks out now, um, you've had to push put together another bloody great week. Yes, mattress. It was um, started off the week. Uh, was I think when we caught it, I was um, feeling a little bit worse for wear and decided to take pole day off. Um, obviously, wasn't didn't need a COVID test. I just needed to um, yeah sleep off a bit of a, a bit of a hangover, and I think. It's probably a you know accumulation of some weeks as well, and uh, it wasn't a bad time to just take that down day anyway and um, reset, knowing that heading into the next four or five weeks of a pretty strong block. And uh, did front load the mileage um, with the weeks. So I started with um, with Tuesday going thirty minutes easy into a seventy five minute night, and uh, Wednesday again out to sort of ninety minutes. So starting to get that mid midweek long run back out um either varying it week to week between whether it's a a morning run and a you know 70 minute run in the arvo or going for the long long run in um one go it just depends on time as well um but yeah I, i'll probably get that to that'll sit on 90 minutes for the next um yeah you know, i'll try to get 90 to even an hour 45 at some point um in the next couple of weeks um, just to push a bit more mileage out and then yeah it was into uh yeah pretty solid session on the friday i think i did that on um yes <laughs> with lockdown brain it's uh everything sort of uh merged into one day but um yeah it's um it was a tough one i um yeah managed to get it done and yeah i was pretty happy with the session so i had five four three two one uh not one sorry just five four three two with a 500 float i'm used to the five four three two minute minutes but these were k's so um <laughs> and yeah 15.5 k session um but yeah shorter this, i've obviously done a lot of um 5k 4k even 3k stuff with um 1k floats um this one yeah is designed pretty much as a, a real longer session with a so more of the emphasis on the on the efforts and then that only a 500 float and i think it came out in 327s um overall so i was pretty happy to see that i didn't realize it would be like yeah it's sort of hard hard to know but when you just those floats go pretty quick and then you're back on it so um yeah really enjoyed the and i think getting back to that sort of discussion we're having earlier about you're not thinking too far ahead. I think when you're doing a lot of the long, these longer workouts, um, it's not as intimidating when you see, uh, I'll just get through a five and four and a three and a three and two K is, is actually pretty easy on a program. Um, so yeah, it's just, I think I'm just getting a, a lot stronger at uh, the longer sessions now. Yeah. How'd you find, what shoes were you in for this one? Uh, next percent for this one. Yep. Yep. Yeah, um, tend to be doing all my workouts in them now. Uh, I think just pretty much, uh, apart from what I talk about on Sunday, but uh, yeah, I just the body is really responding well off, I think the next day where I'm getting the benefit of like, I'm actually pulling up really well. And I think, yeah, I don't have any other reason not to, uh, not to wear them. And then so 15 and a half Ks at 327s, like that's a you know, 53 minutes of work. Like you say that you don't want to be 10 minutes into that thinking, geez, I've got another over 40 minutes to go. 
Um, yeah, it's a that's a good session. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. Like when I was, when you go through these phases where you you're getting ready for say a ten k or a half, and you start to do thirty minute workouts. You know, you go from mm. twenty minutes to twenty five to thirty, and just the incremental changes, you, you, your body just adapts and your mind sort of goes, okay, I can, I can get ready for 30 minutes and now it's 40 minutes. And even I noticed it on easy runs, like, you know, an e- a stock easy run might've been this time last year, might've been 45, 50 minutes. Um, whereas if now uh, 60 minute, 60 minute run on a program actually feels like a short run. Um, yeah, it's amazing that <laughs> so it's it's funny how you you change as you and, and as you get fitter as well like as you're doing the volume you're, you're hitting the, the sessions and all the runs around it you do feel like um things are a bit more manageable i mm, know oh it's i noticed that the most when i'm coming back from injury or, or sick and you sort of go from you know five by um you know four minute walk one minute job and then you go to like two minute jog, three minute walk and such like that. And all of a sudden, you know, you're up to 20 minutes straight jogging and it feels like a two hour run. But then, then you drop it back to say 15 minutes the next day and you're like, oh, that was really short. And it's amazing how your body adapts. You know, a few days later, you might be doing a 30 minute run and then you back it off to a 20 a couple of days later and you think that was really short. Yeah. And then just given that time for the body to adapt and, and probably mentally as well. Um, yeah, it, and, and that's, I think, the same case for, for moving from those 30-minute sessions uh, to here, like 53 minutes. Um, yeah, or, you'll, you know, you'll come back to, say, doing a monofart, like 20 yeah. minutes, you'll be like, am I done already? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, it's around specificity as well, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. we've got to, um, got to work a lot of, you know, you've got to tap into that speed still. I think it's really, really key to have that turnover and efficiency at the, because, you know, when you get it, I, I, we definitely don't neglect those um, parts of um, our training, but there is a more emphasis on that, on the longer stuff. Because, yeah, and I think, yeah, if I go back to just doing a, a mono, I've got, I come at, say, a monofart leg of 20 minutes, you're coming at a different angle that you just come and do it off strength. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you may not have the speed straight off the bat, but then you just keep going for, for the amount of time that your uh, session is going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it was uh, a few easy days and then into, um, yeah, an easy day and then uh, back out for a bit of a, uh, yeah, hybrid session, a long run into a, a session essentially. So, um, yeah, 90 minutes out and then just ticked along and it was, um, I knew, and I actually reached out to you and uh, a few other people and today, you know, these sessions, I don't typically do a lot of them. So it's, um, it'll be, it's a little bit intimidating on paper, knowing you're just doing a, almost a standard long run and then you're going to start a session at the end of it. Um, but again, it's um, quite, quite a good way to test the legs at the back end, you know, simulate what it can feel like in a, in a marathon. And um, that was the, the thought process behind it. And yeah, so it was to, to run for 90 minutes at, a, at an easy standard sort of Sunday run pace for me. And then a uh, quick change, keep it, you know, two, three minutes. Um, I know even if I have to stop for any, any longer than three to five minutes, I, I really do stiffen up. And when you've been running for a while and it was a bloody cold morning and uh, <laughs> just did not, did not want to stop too much and then start to get going again. So I did, did, um, 
did also plan to, to test out a bit of the race kit. So obviously the on running singlets that we have um, run to PB branding on, they arrived uh, late last week. So they're getting shipped out this week. And I had to put that one in the car to swap over and um, yeah, swap, swapped into that. Just want to make sure that felt comfortable and, and all the rest of it, which it did. And also Morton gels. So um, just wanted to, again, test what I'm going to be using on race day. So yeah, it was um, stopped and changed the singlet, had a gel and put the, the alpha flies on for the first time. And I did maybe a half a stride, like, a, you know, it was, it was basically, a, actually did half a stride. And I was like, what am I wearing? These feel unbelievable. And it's just, it felt, it was a weird sensation. I just, um, I, it takes me back to when I first put the, the four percenters on years ago and it was like, you know, coming off just wearing regular flats and then into a, a carbon plated shoe. And this was just on another level. Uh, and I, I think it may have been also, um, yeah, I think coming off running easy on 90 minutes, uh, you know, in, in other, regular running shoes or trainers then to go into those did also maybe um yeah highlight the fact that you were in a completely brand new pair of shoes and um felt like you had bogo sticks under you so um did a stride i was like okay i'm actually this is going to be interesting let's see how it goes and then jumped on the yarra boulevard to do the the 30 minutes of um you know the goal was to sort of run strong and try to get into that marathon pace and uh i took uh, i knew it would take a little bit to get going. And within that first K, I actually felt myself trying to just get into a rhythm, but also keep a lid on it. Cause I actually started to feel good, maybe 800 meters in. I was like, okay, I'm actually, you know, now I feel like almost like this, the running before had was a different day. It wasn't like this was a, um, yeah, that that had been put through the legs. So it was just almost like I was starting again from scratch. And um, yeah, started ticking along. And then, yeah, the second half is probably where I felt, obviously you can see when the split started to get under that, um, the 320s, but I wasn't looking at the watch. And then um, I think, you know, one of those uh, Ks, it was a, a nice little downhill section. So you get rolling and, but I was actually trying to put brakes on and um, really, yeah, I think I just, one of those days where I think it just felt really good and um, yeah, very happy. And I think uh, adding in those different elements where you do, you know, you put a singlet on, you put new shoes on, you have a gel and, and you know, just sort of, you set yourself to get going. Um, yeah. To bring you on again in a session like that. Yeah. It resets everything. Mm. It's just like, um, it's almost like you've just done your warm up and now you're getting your kid on to yeah. get a race up. Like, obviously you've done 90 minutes, but, and it, and um, yeah, totally understand that, that feeling of like, I, it was like, it was, um, it wasn't a continuation of the long run. It mm. was a separate whole separate session. Um, it's like you, you've got different muscles engaging and yeah, you, you're feeling, um, you're feeling fresher. You almost feel better running at that pace than what you did mm. just plodding along, you know, yeah. sort of 4.20, pace. Yeah, correct. Yeah, you do. And um yeah, it is. It's. It's. I think if nothing else, um, I mean, there's a lot, lot of benefits. I'm sure physiologically, but mentally, you get that feeling. It's like, okay, I can, I can get into this pace and hold it and, and push um, late into a into a, a day of running. And I think that you can carry that forward into your marathon psyche when you get to race day. 
Mm, uh, a lot of confidence and a lot of boxes tick there, you know, trying the kit on, trying the gels out, trying the shoes, um, hitting it like under a bit of fatigue as well. Yeah. Um, and so what are you thinking for the shoes then? Are you going to put them on for a, another session or are you going to box them and just wait till race day? Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a funny one because that feeling was amazing, but I still... Even my left, I don't know if I got the shoes um, complete, like the tie on one of on my left was just a little bit tight across the top. So I wasn't sure if I just, just when you, you're rushing, you're putting things on. I just want to make sure that, that, you know, if that was, that was just starting to irritate me at the time, you know, the last minute or two of that um, 30 minutes. So I want to make sure that, you know, over a longer period, everything feels good. And I think it, it would, make sense to get another longer session in it and then then box them after that i think because mm. um, again i find they can be a little bit unstable and when you are a bit more fatigued mm. um the landing pattern might change and yeah so I mean, it is it would be good to yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because a lot of people said oh and, and they are bloody clunky like not clunky mm. but they're big and mm. you know i did feel like i was six foot for once in my life um putting them on and i know just i was wary about how I feel on the corners because I know I've had issues with the not issues but the tempo I just feel a little bit unstable but I actually didn't feel too bad on these ones um yeah so I, I don't know I, and you know looking at Gold Coast uh Gold Coast uh map you know how many turns we're going to navigate it's not a heap so yeah. I'm not not as worried about um yeah the stability of them and, and again I'll, again another run We'll, we'll be able to sort of test that out. Uh, but, yeah, I, I didn't feel they were too unstable. So you're thinking these could be the shoe for the for Gold Coast? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I really um, really feel like they, they, they're the ones for me. Awesome. How many Ks for the week then? Was that? Uh, 125-ish, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, still a good, good week. Uh, yeah, a little, obviously, um, yeah, the last... I'm just looking at the stats here from Strava pumps out. It says the average distance for the last uh, four weeks, 136K. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's consistent. And then there's probably, I think, uh, I really need uh, two, three more weeks of, of that solid mileage and then I can start to, to round down and, um, yeah, get ready. I think... Um, Chatting to Dane Verway during the week, we may tee something up depending on and everything that's happening at the moment. But we want to obviously tee up uh, a bit of a hit out. I think I just need one strong hit out that is, you know, uh, whether it's a, a 15k or 15 or 20k hard because um, there still probably isn't enough racing in there mm. in the legs. Yeah, um, the cross country races have uh, been. Well, <laughs> London Park, well, yeah, it's, I don't think you'd get any further away from a, a Gold Coast marathon than uh, <laughs> crawling through ditches and uh, trying to use a ladder over a couple of um, <laughs> fences. So I, they haven't really been specific enough for me. So I think I need to get on the road and do something. Um, again, a good opportunity to test out all the kit and gels and all, and all the rest of it. And then when... With the looking at the next week or the next couple of weeks, are you going to do sessions on which days? Yeah, I'm going to go 
Tuesday, Friday this week. And that'll give you a chance to do the Wednesday, like you're saying, go, yeah. go up to 90 and then build up to our 45. Yep. Yeah. Tuesday won't be, it'll be a bit um, shorter and sharper. And then the Friday will go longer. Potentially, um, yeah, we'll see if, if we can get out of the bubble, maybe mm-hmm. shift something around and, and get out to a, a different spot for Friday. Yeah. Um, but we'll uh, yeah, watch this space on, on that one. Exactly. Yeah, good to take another week off. Yeah, no, good week. And yeah, what, five weeks out. And you've got a few uh, results um, or a few of your athletes sort of, you know, how are they tracking at the moment? And on it, because I know you've got quite um, a few, yeah, looking at Gold Coast. Uh, yeah, it's five weeks out. It's cool um, being on the on a marathon uh, program along with my other athletes. You know, we're all on the same timeline. So we've got similar, yeah, constraints around, um, you know, when we need to be focusing in on our, um, you know, our, our big key sessions. And I've got, uh, I've got four or six athletes that are doing the full marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, a few that have, uh, I mean, and Lauren Das is um, someone who has, uh, she's been on the podcast before, actually. And yeah, she's, she's flying on. She had a, um, her 100K week, actually, the biggest, uh, biggest week in the, uh, in the build-up. And she, she's flying along, Kim Sharp down Ballarat. She's, again, um, been so consistent with her, with her running, just fitting it in, um, you know, with, with life and a few work changes and things like that, but just still always um, getting out the door and, and things like that. I mean, it's just inspiring for me as well to make sure to see that we're all, um, we're all sort of just getting, getting these weeks out, knowing that there is that um, Gold Coast, you know, five weeks away now. So it's, um, yeah, it's getting closer. And uh, Andrew Coolis, uh, he's also preparing for Gold Coast Marathon, Chelsea and, and Will. So a good crew of mine. Yeah, really. Um, and we're sort of bouncing off each other on, on a few things just to, to make sure that, you know, um, everything's in place for that marathon. Um, and, you know, all um, looking at how we go about some of our Sunday, how they go about some of their Sunday runs, mm. um, you know, taking fluids on, practicing a few things and also being really open about, you know, this marathon, uh, marathon training, it's, it's fatiguing and tiring and a, a lot of life. Um, yeah. You, you put a lot of commitment into it. So being open in communication about, okay, I, I need a rest day in here. And I think, um, yeah, it's exciting to see my athletes on the journey as well. And actually Laura, Laura uh, Gilchrist, uh, she is getting ready for the half marathon for Gold Coast, but um yeah, snagged a PB at the park run over the weekend. So, again, just shows you in those build-ups to these races uh, you can actually get some great other achievements along the way that you probably weren't even thinking were, <laughs> were on the radar. Yeah, I've got a few that, um, yeah, got that. I know it's so, so like that marathon build just gets that strength. And mm. I've had a few, I've uh, plugged a few races in for some of my athletes coming up. Um, hitting Gold Coast events. Um, yeah, and at that race where Laura was at, had Pat Dell um, on Saturday morning, he he was hoping to crack 17 minutes for the park run. Um, and he'd just come off the Rockhampton half where he ran 80 minutes and, and, he, and placed fourth uh, six days prior. And, yeah, sort of just went into it um, more just – relaxed and just having a good hit out enjoying it because i know he, he really loves 
getting out for the park runs. Um, there's such a great social aspect with it. Um, yeah, and you felt good. Um, yeah, like felt strong um, in the back half and you came away with a 16.58 PB. And yeah, nice. it was, that was really exciting. I saw that um, result pop up just before I got out for my run. So yeah, like you were saying, like it, it does spur you on. It's great to see. Um, and so yeah, he's, yeah, he's traveling and tracking really well uh, on the way to Gold Coast Marathon. Uh, then I had Shannon O'Gorman on uh, Saturday as well. She raced up in Warwick up in Queensland. And she was third in the half in an hour 39 for, for, a, uh, for a big PB. Mm. Um, yeah, another great result leading into the Gold Coast full. Um, and then one that's doing the Gold Coast half, Dan Garner. So he was repping the run to PB singlet um, over run the gap at Hall's Gap. Um, and he was fifth over the 12K. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's ticking along nicely. And then, yeah, I had a couple others uh, last week who knocked out uh, some great – Park run, uh, park run races that, or park run runs. Um, so Katie Dell, she she had this um, goal of cracking nineteen, and so she had she got through with eighteen fifty eight for a. That's a great run, yeah. Mm, yeah, and no, I was really, yeah, stoked with that one when that one came through. And same with uh, on the same day, Tom, uh, Tom James, he ran his fastest time for a park run um, in eight years in eighteen oh eight. So both those guys are, um, yeah, tracking well leading into yeah the, the last five week build up towards the gold coast marathon so can't really wait to get up there zaka and um yeah have a have a have a watch have a run around mm. and yeah i know we've got a few things um that we're looking to organize for run to pb group and yeah yeah it's um it is exciting that it's it is coming around and also just yeah you're seeing the fruits of their label and they can come out and, and run park run pbs in, in the build-up as well and it just keeps mm. you yeah it really gives you a good bit of confidence as well you know the training is working you're on track and a, a nice sort of opportunity to yeah work on different aspects of your running and then um yeah go back to that marathon block and um yeah it's it's exciting very exciting mattress you're definitely locked in for that half aren't you definitely locked in for half yep yep that's all right. so Looking forward to that and then looking forward to the Sunday getting out and, uh, yeah, cheering on uh, the, the run to, people from Run to PB community. And yeah, there'll be a lot on the course, I suspect. Um, so that'll be really cool. Yeah, well, can't wait. And it's great to have Miles Goff, founder of Run Creature, back on the airways. How's it going, Miles? Yeah, not too bad, Zaka. Good to good to be back on with you guys. Yeah, mate. So last time we chatted, you'd uh, just come off the victory from uh, Canberra Marathon, and yeah, you were obviously up and about as it would be. Uh, but how have things progressed since then? Uh, slowly, slowly, Maddie. Uh, it's um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a weird feeling because you're on this sort of emotional high and like mentally you're really stoked you want to keep the ball rolling and keep progressing and, and just like get back into training as quickly as possible and then on the physical side of things the body just hasn't sort of been able to keep pace with where sort of my, my head is at so um yeah it was a rocky rocky few weeks after Canberra trying to sort of get back into something resembling normal training and then um 
a couple of weeks ago made the decision to, to shut it down for a couple of weeks and try and get the the foot feeling right. Because if you guys recall, and you, and your listeners recall, I was I was suffering from some pretty pretty bad plantar fasciitis, so um, which was manifesting as just pretty pretty bad heel pain. And uh, yeah, after the marathon, it was um, I was in the wars pretty badly. So it was um, you, you obviously had planned to have a few weeks down, but then was that that like two weeks after did you try light jogging and it was still really really sore and you thought oh this is not the regular post-marathon fatigue this is this is something worse yeah it was pretty much I mean I knew it was going to be really bad after the race and it was kind of like cross the finish line and I was like limping as badly as I had been um you know throughout throughout having the injury and um so sort of knew like that week after it was just going to be like no running and, and hopefully you know that would give it some solace but um light jogging in that second week and it just it just didn't come good and it was particularly painful and so I kind of just was battling through it and, and trying to sort of um get the k's back up and uh, had a couple of weeks where I got to about 70 k's but just not feeling not feeling right not certainly not like sort of pushing the pushing the envelope and doing anything sort of speed related and um we were away for a bit did a, did a little bit of a road trip after the marathon but when I once I got back to Wollongong sort of booked in to see the physio and um we kind of made it call that uh, it was a good good time now bit of a lull to uh to see about getting some scans and and getting a better idea of what was actually happening and um and potentially taking some time off and so that's exactly what, what we did um i went and got got an ultrasound and uh, an x-ray and it showed that there was a tiny little tear in the plantar tendon down there and so or the tissue down there so Shut it. Got a got a shot of cortisone um, and no running for two weeks. I was in a moon boot for about seven days, and uh, yeah, so completely like just yeah. just <laughs> talk about flipping a, a script in a month, you know, and you've crossed the line, winning a marathon, and into that. <laughs> I know it was a, it was a, an absolute bummer, right? Like I was like I said, like I was on that emotional high, hoping to keep the ball rolling, and just like ah, no, got to shut it down. So um, yeah, tough pill to swallow, but like at the end of the day. Um, you know, it could have been, could have been a lot worse. Like, you know, the people with far, far worse injuries. So 14 days of no running is, uh, was, was, you know, now that it's done, I can look back and say that was actually pretty manageable. And after I got that shot of cortisone, like the foot's feeling, you know, pretty, pretty good, which is, um, a positive sign. And now I'm just trying to sort of rehab it and sort of ease back into some running. So, uh, yeah, you, you were catching up at a good time. because I'm sort of getting back, uh, into some training. Yeah, it is a, um, yeah, like it could have been also really progressed and got a lot more aggravated before the marathon too. Um, so you kind of, when you look at it, you kind of timed it pretty well um, to get through the race and then straight after it obviously um, got like, you'd prefer not to have it at all, but straight after got pretty painful. So, um, and then with the cortisone, did they suggest, yeah, so the two, two weeks, no running just to let it settle. Did you notice it almost immediately? Um, felt better. I know when I've had cortisone in the past, occasionally it's like, geez, next day you wake up and it's almost like it, it's new, <laughs> like I've had it yeah. and, and stuff like that. But in another time I've had it, it took like a month to seem to kick in. So yeah, what was sort of the time they suggested around um, before it was, um, yeah, you could get back into it again. Yeah. So just on that first part, I mean, you're exactly right. Like I kind of think I built up some kind of mental block to just like get to race day. Cause I was in like a fair bit of discomfort, like in the, in the build. Um, but I think I just kind of like, for, you know, 
we've been so long without without races that I kind of just like had this one marked a big X on the calendar. It's like just do whatever I can to sort of get there. And I, and I knew that I could sort of run at speed. It would just be you know the, the aftermath would be where I'd be kicking myself and feeling sorry for myself because I knew the foot was going to hurt afterwards. Um, but you're right, the timing of it was was good. Like it was great that I was able to to race and like as much as it's kind of sucked you know having to take some time off it's also given me some perspective and, and, and i'm looking forward to the next marathon if i can get to the line with uh you know being relatively pain-free hopefully that you know works in my favor a little bit too maddie but um yeah as, as far as the cortisone shot is the first time i got some cortisone and yeah anecdotally i've heard different things from different people much like yourself like some people said it's kind of instant relief and other people were like well it might might not do anything um but but for me it was kind of uh that instant relief really like they, they tell you it takes about you know, 24 to 48 hours to kick in. So I kind of got the shot, went home, had an easy day. And then um, the next morning I kind of woke up and, and every morning for about three months, I've been used to sort of limping around my apartment, um, getting out of bed, as I'm sure many runners are, are familiar with that, that feeling. And um, yeah, nothing like it almost felt like, like you said, it almost felt brand new, um, which is, which is the, the difficult thing because you're so tempted to just like go out and have a jog on it. But um, yeah, I tried to be as compliant as possible. I had the, you know, I had my physio, I had my, I had a podiatrist and I had a sports doctor all tell me two weeks. So, um, so as much as I wanted to get out and run, as much as my coach was saying, Hey, you could probably run after a few days. I, I was compliant and I followed the, uh, the best, uh, medical advice that I was getting. And yeah, took that two weeks off, but, um, but yeah, the foot, the foot is feeling, it's feeling good. Like I've had a couple of longer runs now and, and I cross trained for the two weeks that I was off. So I think I've managed to maintain a little bit of fitness and yeah, hopefully I can get back into training with, um, you know, with a relatively pain-free foot moving forward. And uh, Gold Coast bound as well. It's booked. <laughs> <laughs> the holiday, the holiday's booked. The flights are booked. The, the, the race uh, entry is uh, locked in for the half. So, yeah. look, you know, if, 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 it, if it happens that I can get up there and I'm in pretty good shape, like I'm, I'm stoked for that. Um, I don't think I'll, I'll be, you know, in quite the shape that I probably wanted to be in um, coming off the back of that marathon. But I still think that I can, you know, go out and have a solid hit out and uh, yeah, just, just looking forward to it. Like I haven't raced up at the Gold Coast before and everything I've heard and, and, you know, seen um, it just, you know, speaks volumes about the festival. And uh, I think it's going to be an amazing atmosphere and amazing race and be awesome to be on the start line up there. And, and then to, to kick around for a few days and um, watch you boys race on the Sunday. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> touch wood fingers crossed we, we can actually get up there victorians but um on that gold coast i know um with your website run creature you did an article on michael roger uh off the back of his his amazing run at uh the trials there's going to be a bunch of runners going around i think in the half marathon i think you're going to see um most of the marathoners that have selected for the olympics are going to toe the line um there'll obviously be a big domestic field that must be pretty exciting this month in itself is is going to be um exciting with with the qualifying period of um track and field i think ends the end of Ju end of june so um you're keeping an eye on um on a few things going around the traps in, in athletics oh absolutely absolutely and yeah gold coast is going to be exciting right like you look at the website and it's, um you know the their their elite assistance program for the half marathon it's basically just you know they're giving some funding to anyone who's going to tokyo so you know that it's going to be, um, you know, a stacked start line. So it'll kind of be a bit of stargazing. Uh, as, as we toe the line, I'm sure, with some of those, you know, amazing marathoners and, and some of our best runners running. So that'll be pretty cool to 
to see and to be a part of. Um, yeah, first to meet for me to sort of be on the start line with you know the likes of uh, Jack Rayner and Brett Rowenson if they're getting around. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, I, did, I did run in the Sydney half marathon that Liam Adams, you know, smoked a couple of years ago. So he was technically there, but I didn't see him because he was so far in front of everybody. But uh, yeah, it'd be really cool to be a part of that. Um, and yeah, keeping an eye on all, all things athletics as well, because it's been it's been a pretty uh, well the last few days, especially have been pretty yeah. astonishing uh, to see some of the, the results coming through. Yeah, what was your take on so Izzy and um, Rose Davies last night? So what was it, fifteen oh four for Izzy, I believe, and fifteen oh eight for um, Rose? Uh, some huge results there. Yeah, absolutely. How good for Izzy to, to get that qualifier after coming yeah. so close to Melbourne? What did she um, miss it by? Melbourne it was a point five of a second or something. Yeah, some... oh, yeah less less than a second, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was super yeah. close. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I heard that they were running in the Netherlands. And I, it just all happened overnight. I woke up and it was all over my socials that, that both of them had qualified. And um, yeah, huge, huge result for, for both those both those athletes. I mean, they've both had good seasons and it's great to, to see it paying off. I think Rose's was, um, it was, I think it's almost 22 seconds off her PB. <laughs> so it drops. And, yeah. I mean, obviously having that carrot of a, you know, 15, 10 standard to, to, to toe the line and get it done and to, yeah. And then we saw um, Jess Hull just roll a fourteen fifty seven, which uh, uh, which was amazing. Got the win over uh, a Canadian actually, uh, yeah. Andrea, um, who spent Second. a bit of time at the MTC. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have to give a shout out. To, I mean, amazing race by Jess, but yeah, she had to dip at the line to to beat Andrea Sakafian, and um, who who just a couple of weeks ago she she set the Canadian national record and run an Olympic qualifier in the ten thousand meter as well. So. Um, you know, she's obviously part of MTC, but she's one of Canada's top half marathoners. I don't think she's ever run a marathon yet, but um, that might be that might be down the track for her. But right right now, she's just absolutely smashing it. She's got a five thousand a ten thousand Olympic qualifier. Um, so yeah, really cool to see to see both those results. Jess Hull is um, you know she's she's a phenom. So um, I guess those those would be the three Aussies going to run the five thousand if. Uh, if that works out for the scheduling, I'm not sure. I know in the men's it's, it's sort of the scheduling in Tokyo it looks like, you know, the runners can't double the 15 and the five. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I've, what I've read and what people have indicated. So I'm not sure if that's true for the, the women as well, because that would be, I guess what Jess would be looking to, to do, right. Run the 15 and the five one would imagine. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure how that scheduling would work out, but uh, you know, hopefully, ideally, she'd get to she'd get to do both. That would be optimal. Yeah, I haven't looked at the women's um, or heard anything to any talk about that because I guess the the main thing has been the talk about whether Stewie could do the 15.5 and and um, yeah, obviously Jess whether yeah she um, it can fit in with the Olympic schedule. Um, I'm not too sure, but there there'll be a couple other races. Uh, within Australia, I think is it Townsville, Can uh, Gold Coast? Uh, I think they've got Gold Coast. Uh, is it? Yep. Track meet coming up this. Well, it might be this weekend. I think just some five k's um, scheduled potentially. It's really lucky, isn't it? Then mm. those guys could get overseas for a race like this rather than relying on um, mm. the events put on uh, in Australia. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see some of the men's. Um, 1500 results come through as well um and the, and the selection with that um yeah with that discipline too yeah i mean it's been said before but you wouldn't want to be a selector <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially in that event that the depth of talent is just 
I mean, it's unreal. And, and, you know, I think Stewie's obviously shown that he's, he's very deserving. He's got the national record. Jai's got the automatic qualifier. And then it's like, boy, you just, it's so tough for that third spot. You'd have to think Ollie Hoare would be in there now, unless, uh, unless Matt Ramson did something really special. Um, but then you've also got guys like Ryan Gregson and um, Rory Hunter, who, who's over in Europe now trying to, trying to do something special as well and get that qualifier. So yeah, it'd be interesting to sort of see how it, shapes up in the next couple of weeks yeah and was, and someone in the media that covers the sport how are you finding this build-up to the olympics it's pretty um there's yeah it's polarizing in some respects that some people have you know haven't really given it the like it just doesn't feel to me like an olympic year i think i know in japan they haven't been that supportive of it so i guess yeah how are you viewing it from um from this side of the fence yeah, it's, it's really hard, isn't it? Because, I mean, you have to kind of, and he's speaking to athletes, right? It's like, well, it's kind of the elephant in the room, but you just have to kind of, they have to proceed as if it's going ahead, right? What else can they do uh, other than just sort of, you know, keep in mind that the games are going ahead and they've got to work as hard as they can to be ready. Um, but meanwhile, knowing that there's this there's this chance that God, they, it could all go off the rails at the last minute. Um, and that's that's hard, I mean, uh, I think, you know, I think the Australian, um, you know, sporting bodies are, are doing a good job of sort of pumping up the athletes and, and, and promoting the sport in the lead up. Um, but like I said, that elephant in the room is, is still COVID. It's still the fact that, you know, this pandemic is pretty, um, pretty rife and in and, and parts of the world. And you're right in, in Japan, you know, I don't, I don't know what the public sentiment is, ne- is at this exact moment, but I've read, you know, in, in the previous weeks that there's a lot of public sentiment that's uh, very much against, you know, having a big full scale Olympic games. And you know, that's pretty understandable. Um, you know, even like, I remember when the Australian open was going on here yeah. back in January. And I think there was a lot of debate, even at that time, whether it was, you know, a smart idea to be bringing athletes in from all over the world. And, you know, Olympic Games is, is that on steroids, right? It's, it's an Australian Open, you know, 25-fold um, in terms of the personnel that you need to bring in. So um, logistically, like, you know, you can try and put all these safeguards in place to make sure that you're, you're sort of keeping athletes and personnel and officials and spectators safe. But, um, you know, it, it, you know, cracks cracks break through as you guys are sort of living right now in, in Melbourne and Victoria. So, um, you know, the best laid plans can still, still go awry. So yeah, it's, it's really, look, it's, it's really tricky. Right. Um, I think athletes are, are, are doing the right thing. They just, they're just trying to compete. They're trying to get in races. They're trying to, to make the standard as if it's going ahead. Yeah. Um, Cause you can't dwell on the, the negative and that thought that it might not go ahead. I think you've just got to sort of, um, you know, maintain that composure and, and that belief that uh, some high level competition is going to, is going to happen. And, and hopefully that's the case. Hopefully that's what we see come, you know, the end of July, come August. And on top I don't of know that, if I really answered your question. But. No, no, I mean, look, on, on top of that, it's the Olympics is always, you know, you, you, you're going into this, usually you're going into a village and you, all those other distractions and elements, whereas this is going to be at another level where, you're almost you're flying in, flying out, and you don't have the support of the crowd. You don't get that built. Like it's again that how people handle the pressure and the changes. And I couldn't imagine how many COVID tests these athletes are going to have to do, and what they what restrictions they're going to have. How that plays out on the performances. Like, are we going to see 
you know, world records or we're going to just see a really like, you know, slow race because of the, all the, all the you know, restrictions and everything that affects their performance on how they, how they get out there on the day. It's, um, it's really going to be an interesting Olympics. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to envision. And of course that athlete experience is going to be so like radically different um, in, in, you know, in the place, like being there live, um, you know, they won't get to experience that sort of village atmosphere and they, all the extracurricular that goes along with it. Because I'm sure it's just an absolutely amazing, you know, life changing, uh, memorable experience. And, and it will still be, but in a very, I guess, different way um, for for, you know, us as consumers of the product, as, as fans of the product, like, will it look much different? Will it look radically different? I mean, you know, and arguably that's a big um reason for, for having the games from a financial business standpoint is that, you know, you have all these TV licenses and agreements and that's going to bring some revenue into, you know, J Japan, I guess, who, you know, it's a huge financial outlay to host a, an Olympic games. And I imagine it's uh you don't recoup, you usually don't recoup what you spend, but you certainly don't recoup what you spend when you can't have the international tourists coming. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. yeah right. So that's probably one of the, you know, if you're the Japanese government, you at least want to get some of that money in from the broadcasting rights and yada, yada. And look, we've seen in other sports that the product doesn't look dramatically different. And, um, you know, whether that's true for all the Olympic sports, I'm not sure, but for track and field, I mean, we've been watching track meets with, with, um, you know, minimal fans and it, it still yeah. looks awesome. We've been watching the diamond league and it doesn't affect the product, you know, yeah. on the track. So yeah, it's, it's, Look, it's it's really hard to sort of say, but um, yeah, I guess for the athletes, that experience would be radically different. But for for us as fans and consumers, I, I think it could potentially, you know, still be a really exciting product to to watch. Mm. And I imagine like there would be an opening and closing ceremony in terms of the athletes walking around, um, anything like that. So yeah, it will be a completely different experience than for them, I would assume, than than prior. Um, and just quickly looking up the schedule, so. On the Friday, the 30th of July, um, is the women's 5K heats. Yeah. On Monday, uh, August the 2nd, in the morning session, is the women's 1500 round one, and the final is at night for the 5K. So if you're um, doubling, you're going to be expecting, if you're going to make it through to the 5K final, that you're going to be doing the 1500 in the morning and the 5K final at the night. So. <laughs> I guess you could, I mean, whether you would want to gamble saying, well, I'm going to go and enter both if I don't make the 5K final in, if I don't make the 5K final, then at least I've got the 1500 to back it up. Um, and then if you make the final, whether you scrap the 1500 in the morning, um, yeah, uh, not too sure. Interesting. Good, pro good problem to have, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Good problem to have. And um, yeah, I mean, it depends. I guess it depends on the athlete and, and the coach and how well they know, you know, their body and how well they can back back up after, you know, smashing out a 1500 meter in the morning. But um, yeah, it remains to be seen. I guess. Just scrolling through where people are at or where, where events are in Australia. The, the men's 800 is an interesting one because um, we actually haven't had a qualifier yet. No. So, yeah. <laughs> Bowl's been very close, hasn't he? We know Peter Bowl's close, and I guess well, um, you got Charlie Hunter over overseas doing some some big things. So it shouldn't be far off. <laughs> and Bowl technically, like he ran the standard, but he did it during the window where they had sort of like um, temporarily closed the qualification period. So he actually got the time when he was over in Europe last summer. Uh, sorry, last winter 
um, Australian winter, um, Northern Hemisphere summer. But yeah, so he ran that standard, but it was outside that sort of like, it was in that temporary shutdown period. So, I mean, look, I he's, he's come so close. He's in the quota. So he's 32nd in the quota, apparently. So, and Hunter's mm -hmm. 38. So there's a 48 in the quota. So, um, a few more races to go on. Yeah, a few races to go, I guess. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully he can get there. And I'm not sure of the status of Joseph Deng because we, we sort of saw him line up in a couple of races, yeah. but that didn't really didn't really race them, right? Like he sort of yeah, paced yeah. a couple of runs. So, you know, he's, he's obviously a guy who's capable of, you know, running 144 and, and, and making that standard, but I guess it's uh, health dependent. But it's a bold jumped on a plane pretty quickly um, after all the cases had started coming out around here. I think his coach, oh. Justin Rinaldi, told him to... <laughs> told him to get on a plane as quickly as possible and, and get out of here. So I don't know. I haven't seen anything since where he's at. I've seen a couple of pictures of Risley. Uh, I say Jeff's in, in, in uh, Europe, isn't he? In Italy. Europe. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I imagine those guys will be, yeah, wanting to get a race in pretty soon. And he's definitely a guy you can't discount um, pulling it out. You know, uh, Jeff Risley's class athletes, similar to what McNeil did. You know, you, you write those guys off at your peril because they seem to just be able to perform when it, when it counts. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, despite the fact that none of them have that standard yet, I mean, it's still a lot of depth, right? We've been talking about a lot of depth at the 15, but, um, and the mile, but there's depth at that 800 distance as well. Um, you know, and, and all of those guys are capable of running that standard on a, on a great day. So yeah, be interesting to see. Have you got any, um, articles or any, any, uh, scoops you could, uh, fill us in with or let us know about? No, I would say. You know what, man? We've I've been quiet in the moment because yeah, back back teaching full time. I've been a oh, you full um, time. Well, it, it's it's casual, but I've got a block at yep. the moment, so that's keeping me uh, keeping me very yeah. busy between between that and um, yeah, the little one is now going on eleven months now. But um, so I'm I'm working on a couple of things sort of in the background, but yeah, hoping hoping um, we can we can drop a couple of features in the next month, but uh, I'm, keep, I'm keeping them pretty close to the chest at the moment because I'm yeah. still sort of showing up interviews and uh, getting that all teed up. But uh, so yeah, no teasers to drop just yet, but um, yeah, I'll keep you posted. Actually though, on your website, you did cover that uh, the, the marathon uh, trial or whatever it was in the end um, really well. You had a great, uh, great feature on Jared Clifford, which was just a phenomenal, um, weekend that he had obviously running at the tan and rolling up in, into was what he was going to pace for 20k ended up running 42k and, and got the world record so there was a pretty cool article that you put together with uh, with jared that i think um i think a lot of listeners will enjoy going back and having a look at yeah it was interesting it was interesting talking to jared and i talked to michael as well i mean we spoke so much about that you know so-called trials race which wasn't a trials race and um look those I think Athletics Australia um, was very lucky that both of those two athletes showed up and that, uh, and they both put together some phenomenal performances because, I mean, there were some other athletes who ran very, very well, like Dave Ridley ran a phenomenal race. Um, I think he had a three minute PB or something. Yeah, did, yeah. 17, like, but um, you know, <laughs> if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for uh, Michael Roger and, and Jared Clifford. Um, I, I think the storylines would have been pretty negative around that entire event because um, look, it just shows what happens when uh, I, I guess things don't get the level of attention and planning that they deserve. Cause I think we spoke about it previously and, and certainly a lot of people I know in the running community have spoken about 
how incredible this event could have been if it had you know the buy-in and it was you know organized better and, and athletes were given more notice but and we just didn't see that um but that aside i mean look th- those two athletes michael roger and jerry clifford can't wait to see both of those guys compete in uh, in tokyo because yeah. they are just going to tear it up i think <laughs> if they're healthy um touch wood i mean look uh, there was a lot of talk about you know whether whether it was the right thing for jared to go on and finish a marathon uh, and whether that's going to have some kind of impact long term on his health but look he's he's a pretty young guy he's showing he's pretty resilient and i think he's sort of back up training you know full strength now so um hopefully no ill effects from that marathon but um my god what what range he has right uh, just you know a couple months before he was he ran about 341 for 1500 and then he's coming out to pace it pace a mate and he ends up running a 219 marathon it's just yeah <laughs> mind-boggling yeah incredible definitely yeah. now well i implore everyone to go and have a look at that article on uh on run creature and uh yeah so Miles, great to catch up again, mate. And obviously, with this, I reckon we'll we'll try and touch base maybe a week out from the Gold Coast to see where you're at um, with your half prep. And then, um, yeah, it's going to be great to actually catch up with you. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can actually uh, yeah go have a, a bit of a shakeout run and a um and a beer. Yeah, that would be awesome, guys. Um, I've got my fingers crossed for you too. I mean, I hope I hope everything gets cleared up in in Melbourne. Um, you know, touch wood and. Uh, yeah, because I'd love to see you guys up in the Gold Coast uh, in the Sunshine State and um, and see your race. Yeah, it'd be be awesome. So I'll yeah, say the start you know. line actually. Are oh, you, yeah. Are you? Yeah, I've changed to the half. Oh, you run the half. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep. So hopefully, give them the chance that we can fly up there, um, get out of Victoria, and yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be on the start line with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be fantastic, mate. It'd be great to great nice. to have a run and um, yeah. You guys can duke it out on the roads. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get a good seat, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope the training's going well, guys. It's been it's been really good to catch up. And, uh, yeah, stay well, and um, we'll, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Sounds Mark. great, mate. Thank you. Cheers, guys.